Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right, let's start again. Might be a little pandemonium tonight. Bless the Lord. Actually, I want to read a little review. I want to read some from It Is Wonderful. We'll do a little review. We'll do a little review, people. Oh, my Jesus. Can you see Moses being introduced to God, seeing his glory? Mm, yeah. Seen the backside of the fire on his leg. Sure. Oh, no, 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 Let's read a little bit. Let's read a little Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Oh, my Jesus. I'm just going to... i got to read the same one I read last week because it's got to soak in, you know what I'm saying? Thou art the bright messenger, all right? Highest day of your life right now. See, you gotta get a picture of him. Oh, we'll get there. Thank you. Because your spirit was I know you all think hey, you know all about all those things. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, and you do. <laughs> Your normal life is so tranced out, but it's so tranced out, but it's so... And the only way forward in this life and ministry is to live completely and solely for the pleasure of God. To me, absolutely, I'm ashamed. And he released oh, them as soon as this word hit you. Be done, be done. Jesus. Dang, Lord. Lord, just thank you for guys like John Harper. Thank you that John Harper looked like an amateur salesman. Yeah. We think that we're going to make it yesterday's expression of Thank you, Lord Jesus. By impartation, right? 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you had to be there. <laughs> the Darby says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day and I heard a great, behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. And the good news says, on the Lord's Day, the spirit took control. And I heard a loud voice that sounded like a trumpet speaking behind me. The good speed New Testament says, on the Lord's Day, I fell into a trance. And I heard a loud voice like a trumpet. The Moffat says, on the Lord's Day, I found myself wrapped in the spirit. And I heard a loud voice behind me like a trumpet calling. And the Lexham Bible says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The literal Bible says, I came to be in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The, the Nassib says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. The New Jerusalem Bible says, it was the Lord's Day and I was in ecstasy. I recognize it. I didn't get this because it's on my The Rotterham says, I came to be in Spirit on the Lord's Day and heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet. And the Knox says, and there, on the Lord's Day, I fell in to a trance. And I heard behind me a voice, loud as the call of a trumpet. In the, in the something Bible, the WNT Bible, it's a, it was something. In the spirit, I found myself present. That's what we've been talking about, right? In the spirit, I found myself present on the day of the Lord. And the Young's literal says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's Day. Thank you, Jesus. Made righteous. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just thank you that we're in the spirit on the Lord's day right now. Bam. Co-crucified with Christ on the Lord's day. Co-buried. Co-resurrected on the great day they appear in the fullness of the times that we're present there, Lord. Present far beyond every situation that we thought we were in, every situation we thought we had to overcome. Thank you, Lord, for the I am presence, being present, being conscious of the heavenlies today, conscious of the heavens on the earth, conscious of the earth, but conscious of the heavens. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you tonight, Lord, for genuine revelation concerning pleasure and trances, ecstasies, delights, living outside of the carnal mind, living outside of the mind of man. Hey! Whoa. Living outside of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil constantly, Lord. A greater realm of, of awareness of the trance that you put us in 2,000 years ago. And we wouldn't even try to compare ourselves to the apostles of old tonight. That we would manifest such a greater glory that was reserved for now. That was available, that was always available, but now. Now. <laughs> thou art the bright messenger, the shining one, the being of pure spirit. Thou art not the man thou hast been. Lo, these many years. Thou art new, born, fresh, clean, pure. 
Thou art not an old preacher patched up. Hockey. I'm going to try to translate it. I'm going to try to translate it past the past the thou's, but we'll see what happens. You are not an old creature patched up. You, bright messenger. You, golden one, has never descended to the level of belief. And by belief, it's talking about the level of, oh, I think I believe this, or I think I know that, or I believe this to be true. Beyond all that, into the realm of simply being aware of what's real, of consciousness, of, some call it knowing. It's even beyond knowing. It's beyond, it's just, it's what is, it's you have never descended to the level of belief, ever. And, ha! Therefore, you have never consorted with the shadows of the play life, meaning the fake life, meaning the illusion. You are the bright messenger with winged feet, who goes wherever you want, and knows no obstruction nor condition. You are the unconditioned, the untrammeled, the free, the individualized, yet inseparable manifestation of the all-God. You are the bright messenger. You are full of light. Bathed in all light, wherever you go is light, not consciously projected, but unconsciously conveyed, a natural effect of your presence. You are the bright messenger. Your eye is single to the allness of God, the oneness of creation. Thou therefore see with the eye of light. Thank you, Lord. You look into a universe of all light and see through the shadows of belief. You see the world in a world, the rose in a rose, the man in a man. You perceive with your eye of light that which is and which always has been, not which shall be, not that which is changed by begging or beseeching or praying to a tyrant called God. But with the eye of light, you see nothing to heal. For your sight is perfect in the understanding. I am of two pure eyes to behold iniquity. That you are the bright messenger, the being of light. In the touch of your hand is light. As the warmth of spring touches the frozen earth, so your touch of light causes the sea. So yeah, 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 yeah. So you, oh, just going with it tonight, you know. What I'm saying? I mean, you start talking about the ecstasies and and uh, just put it in another paper. Thank for the electronics so I can't start to drop them. You know what I'm saying? Let's all drop a little LSD. By that I mean leaves from the sun's dominion. Just take one out of here. For those of you on the recording, we're taking uh, leaves from the sun's dominion. <laughs> just put it on your tongue. You can do that anytime you want. <laughs> Whoa, maybe faster. You perceive with thine eye of light that which is and has always been. You are the bright messenger. In the touch of your hand is light. As the warmth of spring touches the frozen earth, so your touch of light causes the seed to swell and burst and the flower to leap from her chalice. Your touch of light is like the soft rain on the parched desert which causes it to bloom as a rose. Whomsoever you touch, in the truest sense of the word, you transform instantly, gloriously, freely, joyously. 
And men shall call it health, but you will call it revelation. You are the bright messenger. You have the golden touch, which transforms everything into gold. Your touch shall be able to take from the fish's mouth the muted symbol. Your touch is what gives without which is beyond price, which makes a man rich, even when the saying goes, silver and gold have I none. But of such I give, of, of such I have, I give unto thee. Such you have in the touch, O bright messenger, is beyond the price of pearls and rubies. The transforming touch, which is gentle yet firm, which is soft like the surface of the ocean, but which has the power to dash a whole fleet of evil ships into oblivion. You are the bright messenger. Your touch is golden. You are the bright messenger. The aroma of your presence precedes you. Your passing is as the passing of a cloud of incense from the sacred lilies of the enchanted woods. In your presence, the precious perfume of the soul is sensed above the stagnant odors of human beliefs. When you come to the soul, it is as the bridegroom before whom the lovely flowers of purity open and shed their perfume in superabundance. At your coming, the rose loosens the silken tassel of her soul and gives forth the glorious attar of her being. At your coming, the trees and minerals loosen the glorious, refreshing odors of woods and stones. From your nostrils comes the breath of life. From your breath comes the appearance of the new creation. Man becomes a living soul by breathing your breath. Man lives and moves and breathes and has his being in your breath. Your breath fans the small sparks of faith into the dazzling flame of realization. From your nostrils comes the flashing fire which consumes the dross of belief. You are the bright messenger. You are the bright messenger. Your, your invitation is, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Eat my body my substance and drink my blood, my inspiration, for my taste is golden. The milk and the honey of the universe of the all-God are thine. The hidden manna, that which the eye, the human belief cannot see, thou feedest upon. Your eternal drink is the living water. You shall never be without the sustenance of spirit. No matter where where you go, you shall realize the all-substance and shall cease from your thought-taking process of wondering, where shall we be clothed and fed? You will eat and hunger no more, drink and thirst no more, for you will feed upon the reality of life instead of the husks of material belief with shadow appearances. You are the bright messenger, the bearer of glad tidings. Upon your breastplate, encrusted in gold, is the motto, Speak no evil, nor hear any evil. You are too pure of ears to hear any evil. You hear with the ear of the Spirit. You hear with the silent ear, close to the din of human relative condition, but open to that which eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man, human thought, the things which are prepared for them that love your word. You hear the word of peace, and a whole ocean of fury and belief cease, still that is made calm. You hear the reports of that which is, and thou tellest of these. You hear of the things ear has not heard. The ear of man whose breath is in his nostrils, whose eye is double, and yet you hear the report of the kingdom here and now. You hear the glad tidings of the eternal Christ walking to... Walking... Walking... 
here with the <laughs> You are one 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 yourself I am 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 I you are not ashamed. to the place of, of such a deep consciousness of the presence of the Father. The thing, conscious of all that is here present. It's like moments of time where all of a sudden you thought you were aware and then you're like, oh my God. Thank you, my Lord. Thank you, my Lord, for your vast heart, Lord. Thank you, my Lord, for your vast heart, Lord. Yeah. The vastness of all your attributes, your character, your nature, your being in us and as us. Lord, we're realizing as us, we're, the separation's falling away. Oh. Oh. Hey. <laughs> By experience, I thank you for a generation of, of lovers that, will, that are going to minister out of the experience of your heart, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Able to tangibly impart that love, Lord. Yeah. Able fully equipped and to mm. tangibly impart, impart every good, every good <coughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. Fully equipped, Lord, without hindrance, Lord Jesus, without hindrance in our heart. We, we recognize no hindrance <coughs> yeah. here. We recognize no hindrances, yeah. Lord Jesus. <coughs> we recognize no sickness, Lord. Yeah. We recognize no yeah. nothing unclean, Lord. We recognize yeah. nothing unclean. <laughs> There's nothing unclean. We recognize nothing unclean, Lord Jesus. 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 Look at you, Jesus. Look at you. Wow. Oh my God. Look at you, my Lord. Look at you, my Lord. Look at us, Lord. Look at us, my Lord. 
You are not ashamed nor afraid because of your nakedness. The stark tragedies of the human belief fade into the distance when you answer this call with the yes of the Spirit. You hear in the truest sense of the word, in the fearless sense of the word, arise and shine, for your light has come. No need to create this light, or even to stimulate it, but only to recognize this light as within. How can a man who is constantly looking for evil to heal and treat know anything of the kingdom? How can he understand the things which cannot be seen nor heard with the human ears? How can he set right that which is already done? And yet there are those poor deluded souls who have appointed themselves as the official stone casters for the Christ, not realizing that they are casting stones at him. You are the bright messenger, the being of light, the unafraid. Why should there be fear? when the realization has come that you are the bright messenger, the being of pure spirit, not subject to the beliefs of the thought world, not subject to the failures and successes of your human life, but suddenly up and above (coughs) that which has always seemed so real. Bright messenger, unafraid being, holy creature, son of God, arise, shine. Arise, let your light so shine. Take no thought. If you take thought, it will be of fear or limitation. Thou art the bright messenger, the being of light, that goes forth before the manifestation of your human self and makes straight the way. You are the unafraid, the unbound, the the Prometheus unbound. You shall smite the rock and make it gust forth the living water of life. You are the bright messenger, the being of light, the unafraid. You are glorious... You are free. You are not bound by human limitations. You are not another. You are not a separate one, but you are the same one. You are the Christ. Hail, soul of me. I salute you, son of God. Christ, the bright messenger. Oh, Jesus. So I just wanted to read that as we start. And just allow yourself to go, just just settle in here. We're going to trip out for a while tonight. We're going to trip. Just explore, you know, and just, just yeah. Um, but I just wanted to read that and just, just uh, you know, it's, it's nice to do a little recap each week of the previous week's uh, endeavors, adventures. Sha-la-la-la-la-la. We're realizing, we're recognizing that there is no independent self, that I don't exist. <laughs> hey. We're not going to clean up our old self. Hey. We're not going to compare our old self. Our old self isn't learning anything. The only help that our old self can do is to die. And it's gone. <laughs> Disappeared. Dissolved. Annihilation. True annihilation theology. Mm. Annihilationist. Mm. Our old self never existed. It was only a member of the realm of the thought world, of the realm of belief, the realm of appearances. (laughs) (laughs) Sickness is just of the realm of appearances. (laughs) (laughs) Devils were just of the realm of appearances, the thought world, the the realm of illusion. 
the illusory realm that is no longer real to us. It's like a foreign language. It's like a it's like a Play-Doh world. Uh, it's like a negative number. Does it exist? Maybe in theory. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So tonight I want to transition just a bit. We've been talking about the finished work, and that's the foundation of everything. Mm. That's the revelation. It's the key. It's that it mm. is. It's just what is. God. The finished work is what is. Nothing else is real. Everything else is simply an exploration of the finished work. Mm. An exploration mm. of aspects uh, of that diamond that you already hold in your hand, that you already are. Just exploring and seeing it from different facets. And so... You know, uh, the 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 next part of the school and the in in this whole school really, but it's it is leading up to something. That's why we've closed it off to just you know those that can be here, because it's leading to something. We want to to release teams. We want to team up with people. Mm-hmm. I'm continually asking Holy Spirit, how are we going to be teamed up in the future? What we'll pieces together? <coughs> you know, but this is going to be fun. You know, to see how our parts and pieces mm-hmm. fit together. And uh, and so I want you to continue to dream that way. You know, it's not going to be oh the school's over and everyone goes back to their life, right? It's like it's like a positioning, like the building of a house. You know, like and that's in the in the scripture it talks about Christ as the chief cornerstone, and then all of the pieces being put together and fitted together. You like living stones. You know, building in that house and and uh, so many so many people don't have apostolic vision. You know, and 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 without vision, mm-hmm. the people perish. Now you want a blurried vision. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. But you want a blurried vision. Praise wow. the Lord. A vision not of the mm-hmm. realm of the eye that doesn't exist, but to have mm-hmm. Christ's vision. And so it's a high vision. It's super high. And I've noticed people with really high vision, if they can tap in to connect with that with grace, then then they they don't plateau. You know, you don't get to this plateau and you don't get bored. And the rest of your life seems to fall into alignment. It's like, if you have a low vision, it's like, a lot of times you'll struggle just to see those few little things happen in your life. But like, when your vision is galaxies and universes, you know, and all all the saints and all the angels, like just, like not in some sense of striving, but you're looking literally to see, whoa, like planets restored, like galaxies restored, you know, like everything. In all the cosmos, why not have a vision as big as God's? Because you have a heart as big as God's, and you're in union with the only All God. So, anyway, we're just gonna, you know, begin to step out in small ways, just like our buddy Jacob started with a glory tackle box. Now he has a treasure chest of jewels. Oh yeah, dude. Thank you, my Lord. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna have our we're gonna have our friend Jacob and his buddy Glenn. They wanted to come here, so in the next couple of weeks they're probably gonna come. I might even give them this class because it's probably timely. Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Anyway, bam, bam, bam. Because signs follow those who believe. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ and all this. Signs follow you. Whatever Signs you chase want. you down. Wonders. Signs, man, I feel such a fire on it, dude. But I, I want us to be fully, you know, equipped in our hearts, you know, to love the universe. Yeah. Hey. 
it's not going to be a hidden, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be just, you're not going to wake up 10 years from now depressed. You're not going to wake up 20 years from now having had a bunch of affairs on your spouse and stressed out and all, you know, jacked up on earthly substances. You're not going to have, you're not going to have a huge ministry, but to hate your family, you're going to be pure, you're going to be the brightness of your And so... You know, we're going to start taking a few trips. I wanted to mention that, you know, uh, we're going to start, we're going to travel, we're going to do a few meetings, maybe Ohio, Michigan, uh, Tennessee, uh, who knows, you know, maybe out to Nebraska, maybe to Texas, I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, I want to do some trips together, like just little practice tours, you know what I mean, little, little real deal tours. Uh, where the X-Men can be released the X-Men can go forth but I don't know if you know what's going on here but it's like way bigger than just like I don't know if you noticed that like, it's not like hey daddy we hear your heart hey yeah, we love your heart. We love the friendship we have yeah. with one another. We love, yeah. we love the millions of, oh of children we're gonna see just wow. fall in love. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We're releasing literally. Like, I don't know, dude. I, I don't even know, man. I just don't even know. You know, Bob, Bob had a picture. We should probably watch one of the little Bob DVDs sometime. Mm. Even though, like, it's just that's just a stepping stone. You know, uh, there's some places that are Joel's Army in training, but you guys are going to be the real Joel's Army, like, actual, mm. not just training it, but actually yeah. be it. Huh. You know? Yeah. Actually be. Actually oh. be. It. <laughs> actually be it. Your bio. <laughs> Thank you, my Lord. Like, like going back and forth, you know, transcending on the mountain. Oh. Manifesting, transfiguring on the mountain top. Transfiguring on the mountain top. You, you may think you just stumbled into a little school, but you, all of you, I guarantee you, all, I just guarantee that all of you are going to be transfiguring. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you can take that to the bank. I'm excited for all of you that are planning to come to Nepal and uh, and uh, encourage you just to just to stay with it. You know, just don't. You know, this is just the first of many thousands of trips. I don't want you to begin to think small, like, oh, can I round up $3,500? It's like, dude, can I round up $35 billion, you know, effortlessly by the anointing to begin to think that way? Every one of you, every single one of you, it's not going to be like, oh, you know, a couple of these guys are going to have a ministry or something, but like every one of you is here, like the X-Men that we watched in the movie, dude, are all like, if one of those superpowers, there's an manifest that governments would be paying them, you know, millions of dollars to be on staff with that, you know, just to secure that government, you know. So it's funny, like, on one hand, we're laying down all of our efforts for world domination and dominionism because, dude, that'll stress you out. Come on. Oh, my God. Just give it up. Kill many people. 
But we're just waking up every day, show up on time, empty-headed, whacked in the glory, and see what happens. When you get to show up to business meetings with billion-dollar in, you know, investors, a billion do- guys that are throwing billions of dollars left and right, and, and, and you're the one that they're asking for counsel. You know? mm. or you're the one that they're relying on for wisdom. To shift things, and you're like you're literally, mm. I- unless you're flowing in the glory, you'll think that you have some answers to bring them. <laughs> mm. But if you're flowing in the glory, you'll be like, "How the heck am I here?" Mm. Come on, because I I know nothing, but I do know Jesus. Mm. <laughs> you won't feel like you have a blip in strategy. You you'll be like you'll be like, "All right, okay," uh, and then you just get loose. <laughs> it's something will happen, you know. Sheen down. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. Just you know, prepare. Yeah. I'll be inviting everyone on a few trips here in the next few months. I don't know where. Maybe you can just trip out right now so that you're ready. That's pretty much. You could call tonight's class tripping out before the trips. <laughs> tripping out so that you're ready for the trips. In a state of ecstasy. Oh, my Jesus. I don't know. Cool, man. So should we get back to the ecstasy? It wouldn't be right. Most of you are semi-familiar with the ecstasies of God, or you wouldn't be here. But it wouldn't be right to do a school without saying that... Uh, I, uh, What's the point? Dude, I think that... I, I want to give you... I want you to understand that it's not a side dish. Uh, I want you to understand that uh, this... These acts, man, this generation is going to live in a continual trance. The continuous state. Like, we're going to read, you know, things about Peter and Paul, but even then it says they fell into one, which means maybe they weren't experiencing one before that. So the point is that you're going to be, you know, you're falling into a permatrance, you know. And it's not like it's not like an optional side dish, really, for where we're going, because... It, it just it baffles me to see guys on Facebook now that are preaching grace without the whack. Really baffles my mind. It baffles the mind of Christ. I'll put it that way. It baffles the mind of Christ because I'm like, every single word of revelation was given in a mystical experience. So these guys aren't really tracking with drunken glory and mystical experience. Every single word of revelation that was ever given was given through a trance, really. It was it, so like so. These guys are against trances. I'm like, I'm like, I let. I have no idea how you expect to to commune with the Almighty God, the drunkest, the Most High. You know what I'm saying? Like to God commune with the Most Christ High God <laughs> and be sober, like, like I have no idea. Like, I, I literally have no idea how you expect to operate as a manifestation of the I Am Presence, Most High God, and be sober. Like it's like, it's like what? No, like I respect you know these guys as individuals, but 
as a teacher, I can laugh at that doctrine. You know what I mean? As a as these guys are individuals, I don't want to make fun of them, but but the he who sits in the heavens laughs at those ideas. You know what I mean? So you all know, let me just say some things that you all already know, right? You all know that God created Adam and Eve in the garden called pleasure. So they were placed from the very beginning in a place called pleasure, called ecstasies and delights. And it says when the very first thing, I don't know if you know in Genesis, the very first thing when Adam and Eve were created, it says God blessed them. Yeah. Right? And and to us, in all our spiritual religious language, we're like, oh, yeah, God blessed them. So he, like, waved his two fingers over the forehead and just made meaningless nonsense. No, literally, it means to, to make happy and to favor with all the blessings of heaven. And so, so here they are, jacked out of their mind. This is the very first thing that God did when he created mankind. Jacked them out of their mind. God blessed them. Blissed them. God blissed so the very f- state in which they were created was a state of ecstasy, was a state of absolute overflowing. And, and, and ever since then, any time that you are not in a conscious state of bliss and ecstasy, then sin will have the possibility of tempting you. Right? Because you were created from the beginning to be blissed out. To be blissed out. But if you're not blissed out, you were created for bliss, so you're going to seek bliss. You're like a magnet. If the magnet's not connected to something, it's going to be attracted to something else. It's going to be attracted. It's going to seek out that thing because you're a pleasure magnet. You are a pleasure magnet. And all the greatest you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, you know, scientists that study human behavior will narrow it down to this. This is basic stuff. All of you guys know this, but I... I wanted to con- uh-huh. you know, consciously bring into our consciousness here and say, as we move forward, dude, my God, everywhere you go, dude, any moment that you're not in a trance, you're going to be either attracted, you know, you're going to be attracted back to Jesus because you have a new nature, but, but if someone comes along and tries to hoodwink you, especially if you hang out with Christians too long, they're going to try to hoodwink you out of your ecstasy. Because ecstasy, you know, the... You know, someone says the greatest, you know, the worst thing the devil ever, the greatest thing the devil ever did was convincing the world he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd say if anything, the worst thing is that people think that they're not made for pleasure, and that Jesus isn't Mr. Pleasure. I, I, I'd probably turn it that way. You know what I'm saying? Because this ecstasy and this adventure is what every heart is made for. The the drug, you know, the, the drug addicts and the and the, the sexaholics and stuff. They're not. Uh, they're not the crazy ones. They're just the ones that have noticeable addictions. Everybody else has an addiction somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Something, you know. And it, like someone said, moralists, which most Christians are pretty much just moralists right now. Most, most, you know, Christians are. They don't believe you can live in sinless life, but they do. But they just point, try to point you to live a scandalless life. As long as you don't get in any scandals, you can be. A, you're, they're like everyone's a sinner. Just don't do this, the obvious sins. Yeah. You know, <laughs> just do secret sins. Just find the socially acceptable sins and be addicted to those. So people are just addicted to ego. You know, addicted to pride or addicted to power or addicted to 
you know, just pushing their family yeah. members around or addicted to this or that, the other, you know, addicted to the internet or I don't even know what they're addicted to. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, you know, it's usually just, you know, money, sex, power, pleasure of some form, you know. And so, so they're finding that fulfillment somewhere. They just might not have a public scandal. And that's the thing, dude. If you're not ravished by the ecstasies of the presence of the living God... Then, as a Christian minister, you will be ravished by those pleasures. You'll probably just avoid scandal and still have a rather <coughs> successful ministry being addicted to sin in some secret form. Uh, utterly, I'm utterly convinced by the breasts of our Lord Jesus that in the beginning we were created to be blissed. The very first thing, right? And then it says, uh, it, it also as it goes along throughout the, the creation story, it says on the se- seventh day, God rested, and God blissed out the seventh day. It says God blessed it. God blissed the seventh day. And so now you're created in this rest, and the rest of God is an amazing reality to, to have revelation on. But you know, in the midst of that rest, if you're just at rest, but you're not blissed out, then you're all you're also missing out on a massive reality of the kingdom. So... There's some people that get a revelation of maybe the doctrine of grace or the doctrine of the finished work. Then they even get a, 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 a revelation, a, a partial revelation of the doctrine of rest. But if you don't have a, a, a bliss in the midst of that rest, then, it, dude, you will still you might be a, you might have a little more peace, but you're still going to be addicted to something, to some counterfeit. You'll have to find a, a counterfeit, and so. I think it, it's so key, dude, in this hour that the pleasure is not a side dish. Right? That in any meeting, I give you full permission, anything that we're a part of, that if it ever starts to feel sober, and by sober, I don't mean quiet, right? Because it can be loud or quiet, I don't care. You know when the vibrations of the Holy Spirit are, are jacking people up and making them truly blissed out of their mind. Bam! If you And that's what I mean by... By sober, when those things, when it doesn't feel that way. If there's ever a meeting where you don't feel like the vibrations of heaven, the bliss of heaven is touching people, I just encourage you to be the dispenser of the peasants. <laughs> to jack it up, to blow it up. People call it troublemakers or whatever. And there's ways to do it without becoming like a nuisance troublemaker, although sometimes that really releases the glory. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's no, again, again, there's no strategy that that does or doesn't. It's literally when your awareness becomes of the bliss, as you're blissed out, the people around you get blissed out. You know what I mean? So, So it's whatever that means. So for me, that's why, like, people are like, you know, why can't you just, like, you know, behave in certain meetings? I'm like, dude, in some settings, bro, like, oh, my God. Oh, God. In some settings, dude, I just gotta like come on, crack it open. You know, if I'm in a setting where I can tell they don't want it at all, I usually will just leave the setting rather, you know, rather than just cause some unnecessary like trouble making. You know, that's not gonna bear any fruit. But when I can sense that little crack of the open door, dude, I'll just blow it up. And just... But anyway, whether whatever happens, be drunk. You know what I mean? Whether whether in the body or out of the body. <laughs> I don't care. Be drunk, dude. Be so. I just as as we move forward as ministers, dude. Your pleasure is not the side dish. 
Now, what? Some people will talk about Romans uh, like 14 and 15 where it says like Jesus didn't seek his own. You know, he didn't seek his own benefit. And that and that's true if you're talking about Jesus' benefit purely as a natural man. Right? There were some, like, because that's not what we're saying. We're not just saying to seek pleasure for the natural man. We're saying seek pleasure of the whole man. And that's why sometimes you do see a picture like in the garden where Jesus says, not my will, but your will be done. Well, I thought their wills were one, right? So some people get confused and they're like, well, I'm supposed to submit my will at all times. No, like Jesus was speaking purely as a natural man in that sense. Because as a spirit man, Jesus was never separate from the Father. And even as a natural man, but in the natural, there will be sometimes when you do something that does, isn't bringing your natural man pure, absolute bliss, but as an overall person, it will bring you ecstasy. Like martyr glory, for example. Right? People might be crucifying you, but you know how jacked up Jesus was on that cross? Since for the joy set before him, he went through the cross. Now his natural man was still like, this is going to hurt, right? He sweat blood and tears in the garden, you know? And so he felt something there where this is where, um, in, 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 like in uh, Philippians, it says, uh, consider others better than yourselves. So we're like, well, I thought I was supposed to seek my own pleasure. No, you're, you're considering others better than the well-being of your natural man only. Mm. But the highest pleasure for your spirit is to serve others. Mm. Not, to, not to fear others. They're not talking about the fear of man that's a snare, right? Which is like going around always man-pleasing all the time. What we're talking about is having a, a generous, always servant lo- love for others, which is the most jacked up thing, even though sometimes it might look like you know, you're you're skipping a meal here or there, not just to fast, but maybe because you're just so busy serving that you missed lunch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or sometimes you might go in concentration exercises where you go, you know, people call it a passion fast where they go a few days because they're just so jacked up like mm-hmm. doing the other things of God. But their physical body, if they were only listening to the natural man, it would be like, oh, you're inconveniencing mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that, that I'm just saying that to say, I'm telling you to unashamedly be a seeker of pleasure at all times. And there are some areas where you might encounter questions with that, right? right. And like, like Romans 15, let, let me just, let me, uh, let me, why, let me, um, why? Okay, it says in Romans 15, 3, Christ did not please himself, right? And so, I mean, the religious mind will have a heyday with that verse, right? It'll beat the crap out of you saying, you can't be happy, you know what I mean? Because Christ didn't please himself. Or you go through to like Hebrews where it says Christ learned obedience through suffering. So then they'll tell you, oh, you need to suffer. All these are misinterpretations. There are some misinterpretations of Scripture out there. I don't think you guys noticed. <laughs> there are some guys out there like just using it. And, and literally, if it doesn't enhance your bliss, I say don't listen to it. You know, but that's what we're teaching tonight. You know, saying saying this foundation that you are allowed to seek pleasure at all times, but it's not natural man pleasure first. It's spirit man pleasure, which you all yes. know about. Yes, uh, uh, trust yeah. me, don't second guess yourself. You wouldn't have made yes. it this far if you didn't yeah. love the drunkenness. Yeah. Come on. So I'm not telling you anything new, but I I am I, I I'm I'm I want to you know stress the importance of of the drunkenness of the pleasure. And then also just, you know, take a few of those little, you know, question marks of those props of the old religious thing. So it says, Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who approached you fell on me. And then it says, uh, 
let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. It says, I tell you, Christ became a servant to the circumcised in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. And so it, it's, you know, again, there's these, there's these times where it seems like, it, you're, if you try to just read that through any sort of carnal mind, you're like, okay, but wait, I've been seeking pleasure all this time. Like in, what is it, in Timothy, it says in the last days there'll be lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. You know, and some people are like, oh my God, <laughs> the firehouse, they, they teach that you should be a lover of pleasure. This is the great last days of this. Oh my God. But it's when, what does that mean? It, it's, it's in, in almost every circumstance, there's two exact opposite ways of seeing something. You know what I mean? Because you can look at it through walking by sight rather than by faith, or you can look at it as walking by faith rather than by sight. It's like I can say there is so much freaking glory in this room. At the same time, someone with a lower perspective would say, wow, there's so much oppression happening through all the demons that everybody's bringing everywhere, you know? Something like that. Like, like and, and you guys, that's so ridiculous to you because you're conscious of something higher. But I don't know if you remember, I, there used to be a time when I'd walk into every place and the first thing I would identify is the, all the darkness that's going on. There, you know, I, And I'd feel it too. It wasn't even me. Like, it wasn't something I was really making up. I was feeling it, but it was because my lens was on, literally, it's a different realm, a lower type of a realm. And so in the lowest sense of the term, you shouldn't be a seeker of pleasure. It's true. You shouldn't if you're talking about just the natural. If your whole life is to, to just gain natural, like money, and just to gain, like, how much can you make your body feel good by, you know, eating all kinds of things that just bring in sin gratification or, you know, just... Just, you know, dr- drinking, getting drunk and on the natural things, you know, doing, you know, all these natural pleasures, then seeking pleasure in the natural sense first will totally like destroy your life. And we see that all the time, you know, people all around are destroying that. And so when it's speaking to this, sometimes the scriptures are speaking to a lower reality. They're saying Christ didn't go out and seek to please himself. Christ wasn't, his main goal every morning wasn't to see how much money he could gain, how many women he could, you know, party with, and how many, whatever, you know. And so that's what it's talking about. It's not talking about the, the ascended level of union when you realize that all things are one. Therefore, your desires are the same as God. God isn't stifling his desires, right? God is going fully toward the things that bring God pleasure. It says, for it, it, it was his good pleasure to send Christ. Right, so <laughs> when you realize who you are in God and as God, then you you will realize. Let me let me skip over to like uh, oh Ephesians God. one. You'll realize that you have desires. <laughs> Ephesians one nine says, "Had having made known unto us the mystery of His will, according to His good pleasure, which He has purposed in Himself." To gather together in one all things in Christ. So you'll be a seeker of pleasure just like God is. But it's the pleasures of spirit first. Amen? Oh my God. Oh my God. And then from that place, your natural pleasures will align so that you enjoy healthy things. You, now it's like, people are like, well, I don't want to drink alcohol because that's like a, that was like a natural pleasure. But no, as you realize who you are in Christ, you will never want to drink more alcohol than, you, than is healthy for you. 
you would never want to. It's like it would it'd be like I mean like Tony was saying last week, Whoa, it's like telling yeah. someone, How much poop do you want to eat today? Like <laughs> like you're like it's not a desire for it. You're not like, Oh man, I just yeah. keep going back to the crap and eating it all the yeah. time, you know. Mm. I keep finding myself wake up in the morning, I can't wait to dig in the toilet. <laughs> can't wait to get in there. I'm like so tempted. So, sometimes I go down there and I'm like, I just want to drink some urine. I just can you help me, brother? Can somebody keep me accountable to not drink this urine anymore? You know? Like, have you? I I don't know if you've ever heard that, but I've never heard anyone that was struggling with wanting to drink urine. Like, they're like, I need to drink. And so, as you realize who you are, as you hear this gospel, then then your your natural desires are allowed to flow, and then it becomes the the key of your life to only do the things that make you the most jacked. The things that absolutely jack you out of your mind. At that point, it's like to, to hold back anything is to stifle the presence of God. It's like, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit? By not doing what makes you the most blissed out. By not, how do you, you know, the only way to grieve the Holy Spirit now is to not do the things that the Spirit wants, which the things the Spirit wants are the things that you love the most, yeah. that bliss you out the most. So it's like, as you know who you are in Christ, it's like, yes. what do I want today? Yeah. What brings me the most <laughs> jacked up? Like, in this preach, like you, you, know, you, you can either say, okay, I'm going to wait on the Lord to hear what I'm supposed to say during this preach. Oh! I can do that. Or I can do the exact same thing, a.k.a. what's going to make me the most jacked up when I preach? Oh, you know what I mean? What's woo? What's the most fun we can have during this time? What's the as we minister? You know, it's like as we minister. You know, we're gonna go into a lot of places. We're gonna go into a lot of places. <laughs> it's gonna be really key. For you to allow yourself to be as jacked up as you want to be. To only do what you see the Father doing, which is aka the things that out of your belly are flowing with rivers of pleasure, the rivers of delights, right? For those of you, if someone's listening to this recording, which they probably won't. But if you listen to this recording, read, read through the book of Psalms and, and notice all the times that delights and pleasures and the fatness and the abundance and all the, the, the juice, the bliss, all the bliss throughout the scriptures. The word bliss is in, all over, especially in the, the Moffat translation. The word bliss is all over. And, it, and it's all throughout the scripture to be a lover of pleasure. So in First Timothy, Timothy where it says, don't be lovers of pleasure. Right? It's talking about outside-in pleasure. But you were made for inside-out pleasure. Jesus Christ, man. man. Perfect man. You were...
look at the trance verses. I'm gonna try to attempt. I'm gonna try to attempt to read the verses of about trance. <laughs> Acts chapter ten is one of my favorites. Acts chapter ten, right? Acts ten ten. If you're trying to remember later, it's ten 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 ten. Acts ten ten. In the diary Bible, it says it says, "In being hungry, he was desirous to taste somewhat." And as they were preparing, there came upon him an ecstasy of mind. Sounds like it tastes salty around here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for supernatural manifestations. Hey. The salt of the breast. And he, in ESV, it says, He became hungry and wanted something to eat. But while they were preparing it, he fell into a trance. Oh, in the good news, but hey, in the good news, but hey, he became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the food was being prepared, he had a vision. The tar. In the good speed, it says he fell into a trance. And the Moffat, he says a trance came over him. In the KJV, it says he fell into a trance. In the Lexham, he says a, a trance came over him. In the literal Bible, it says an ecstasy fell on him. In the message, it says he fell into a trance. In the Nassib, it says he fell into a trance. In the New Jerusalem, it says he fell into a trance. In the Rotterham, it says there came upon him a trance. In the Knox, it says he fell into a trance. In the, in the, uh, what did I always forget that one? In that, that other one, it says he fell into a trance. In the Young's literal, it says there fell upon him a trance. Amen. So that's Paul. Oh, no, that was Peter. Sorry, that's Peter. I'll come back to that one in a minute. I, I do like Peter's story. In Paul's, it says in Acts 22, Paul. So I'm just showing all the apostles were tranced out. Come on. Peter talked about that. So here's Paul. Paul in Acts 22, 11 and following. It says, since I could not see because of the brightness of the light. Uh, I can't see. I was led by the hand. <laughs> by those who were with me and came into Damascus. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Dude, I just realized what happened there. Anyways, and one, one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, well spoken of by all the Jews who lived there, came to me and standing by me said, Brother Saul, hey brother, receive your sight. And at that very hour I received my sight and saw him. And he said, The God of our fathers has appointed you to know his will, to see the righteous one. It's all salt. For you will be a witness for him to everyone what you've seen and heard. And now, why do you wait, rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on his name? And when I returned to Jerusalem, I was praying in the temple and I fell into a trance. And I saw him saying to me, make haste and get out of Jerusalem because they will not accept your testimony about me. Amen. And so we already read earlier the apostle. That was the that was the apostle Paul. Yeah. Well, he was in a trance. He heard leave town. They're not going to listen. And John, you already heard John's earlier. It says Revelation one ten. On the Lord's day, I fell in a trance, and I heard a loud voice like a trumpet. So. 
Jesus. <laughs> so you guys already know that the word for trance is ecstasis, ecstasy. And, and it is pretty interesting that the word for being lifted, you know, in, in that place of heavenly vision also accompanies the fact that it's pleasurable, right? Ecstasy and, and trance, the same reality. That's what's so wild. It's like a lot of people in the church have been crying out for more visions, more dreams. But when, when, when it starts happening and everyone gets jacked up, they boot you out of the church. They're interchangeable. If you have a real vision from God, it always comes with a sense of delight. Amen. You know, and, it, and it, again, mo- all of you probably should read John Crowder's Ecstasy's of Loving God. Yeah, uh, you know, people think we're Crowderites here or whatever, but all, all I know is there's so much Revy in those books. I wasn't seeking to follow John Crowder. I couldn't give a rip about who wrote any of it. Blow! 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 But, but for me, I was a man, dude, that I was, I mean, I just was desperate to be in communion with my maker, you know? Uh, I I want the fullness. I've always been someone driven, you know, by a possessed mind for the things of God, you know. And I just so I was one of those guys saying, "I want more trends, I want more visions, I want more encounters." Little did I know that it came with all this drunken glory, with all this unstoppable. And that's why you know guys like uh, Jeff Jansen. I I don't do a lot of Jeff Jansen stuff these days. But one of the things he said that I really value was that he said that the drunken glory is literally just like uh, mystical realm one hundred and one. Like, it's, it's literally just, like, the obvious, like, there is no mystical realm without passing into the drunken glory. Like, there's not, like, some mystic out there who's accessing the things of God without ecstasies. You know, without, it's, it, without, what? Without it. So it's not, like, a personality trait. You know what I mean? Some people are like, oh, they just had a boisterous personality. No, like, when you're really experiencing this, like, you know it's no way it could be a personality. <laughs> you know, none of us are that... No, I mean, the vibrations are so heavy, the presence so strong, the smoke so thick. It, 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 uh, people are like, oh, I think it might be, like, psychosomatic. I think it might be, like, you know, the power of suggestion. I'm like... <laughs> Power of, like, the power of, what, what, I'm like, what did you say? Like, I can't even hear you right now, I can't see. I can't, power suggests me into that. Power suggests me into rolling, like a, rolling, into days and nights of feeling that my being ravished by the, the vibrations of heaven, a feeling of love that hasn't stopped for years, you know, permanently stoned, like I, uh, but uh, but uh, it's really key to to understand that you know these these heavenly revelations are the word ecstasy and so they're interchangeable with that pleasure and uh, they're oh I, it is cool to hear stories like and there comes a point where you're like I don't I'm I've heard enough stories I just want to do you know I'm gonna live the story you know what I mean but it's cool to like read the scriptures and read these stories. Of guys like Peter, Paul, <laughs> John, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and uh, and all those guys that that experienced wild things so that you know, like for this, you know, for one thing, you know when that happens to you that you're not crazy, or maybe you want to be crazy so you're reassured that you are truly crazy. But uh, or or it's you know, and also sometimes reading about you can be provoked to what else exists there, you know, and uh, and hearing other people's stories today as well, and so. Uh, uh, I love looking at Peter's story on the roof, 
Mm. Um, let's read it in the uh, probably the ESV. In Acts chapter ten, this is one of the one of my favorites, and this is a foundational passage. As you begin to share with folks, there's about a million questions like about this drunken glory, about this ecstasy, mm. about living for pleasure, trances, ecstasies. Because the average person today, maybe they've tasted it. A lot more people have tasted it than we think, you know, sometimes. Yeah. But most people don't think it can be a normal state of life. Like, yeah. And so they have millions of questions. They have hundreds of... And you don't have to answer those questions if you don't want to. You don't have to answer a one. You're not obligated. Yeah. But for yourself, so that none of those things shake your revelation, you know what I mean? To shake you back into thinking, oh, maybe there is some value to sobriety or blah, 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 blah. Uh, whoa! It's, it's, it's great to know that this type of thing is thoroughly, thoroughly uh, foundational. You know, so Acts 10, you know, it says, it says he became hungry, wanted something to eat. While they were preparing it, he fell into a trance and saw the heavens opened and something like a great sheet descending, being let down by its four corners on the earth. In it were all kinds of animals, reptiles, and birds of the air, and there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, By no means, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time, saying, What God has made clean, do not call unclean. And uh, so this is one of the key passages of the of understanding, like this, uh, call it Mystical Realm 101, you know, mystic experience. Some people were like, How did these guys get the scriptures? Well, I mean, a lot of times the scripture came in this various type of way. You know what I mean? Here's how the gospel came to the Gentiles. It came through a trance. You know what I mean? Uh, or at least, you know, the first, the first encounter with uh, the non-Jewish people to, to experiencing, uh, the, you know, the message of Christ came through this trance, you know? And uh, so here's what's cool. Like, people are like, wow, how do I get that kind of biblical revelation? I should have lived like Peter, like Paul. Well, here's here's the strategy. You go up onto a roof. Step yeah. one. <laughs> you get really hungry. So he must have been fasting. Let's just assume it was a. Let's say it's a forty day fast. Um, no, no, but but all uh, all joking aside, let's really joke. Um, yeah, that's really joke. The real joke was that he was doing nothing. Yeah. He was uh, he was hungry. He wanted to eat something, and then uh, while other people were preparing it, he was probably on the roof just shirking. You know, who's shirking all responsibilities? Says he fell into a trance, and so what's key is knowing that he fell into it. Or in these other trans translations, says a trance fell on him. Yeah, and so he's not doing anything, you know. And uh, but by a sheer gift of grace, like this is what you know. All the, a lot of the mystical teachers that do begin to understand the drunkenness then. Then they want to take it and say, and here's the 12 steps to how to get drunk, you know, or the 12 steps on how to do it and how we're going to maintain a greater trance. Listen, like, God is so passionate about you living in a trance. Like, God is so, I mean, all of heaven came to earth so that you could live in a trance, you know. Uh, Jesus was incarnated. God became a man so that you could live in a trance. <laughs> So that you could live in the heavenly experience, or I like to I like to pray the Lord's prayer in this way: <clears throat> Our Father who art always in a heavenly state of bliss, mm. <laughs> <laughs> holy is your name. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not that you're far away in heaven; it's that you're in a heavenly state. Mm. 
The Lord's always in a heavenly state, and that Jesus came that you could live in a heavenly state, a.k.a. an ecstasy trance. So there's no secret here. The sheer gift of grace. Oh, my Jesus. He saw the heavens open and something like a great sheet descending me, let down by four corners. And uh, what's amazing is, again, you see the sheer gift of grace here. Like, Peter's like, what about the law? What about the rules, you know? And you can trust your trances. You can trust your revelations because they come and, and they reveal that all the earth is clean, you know? They reveal, they reveal unconditional love. You know, because <laughs> here's Peter having a really jacked up encounter with God, right? In a full on, a full blown trance. And uh, he's correct. He actually corrects God. <laughs> you know, the, it says, uh, Peter says, by no means, Lord. <laughs> yeah, he's like, by no means, Lord. Does It says, here's what it says in the law. Let me tell you what the law says. And, and God's like, I don't give a rip. What I've made clean do not call common. And I think that's another thing that you're seeing right now. Listen, this grace revolution, this grace reformation was birthed out of trances, you know. I don't know, a lot of you guys, I mean, there's, there's a few voices out there in the Grace Reformation and a lot of echoes. <laughs> Some of the echoes are sobering up, you know what I mean? But, the, but, wait, but let me tell you, like, the, the stuff I've got, man, like, I didn't get it out of, like, reading somebody else's book. Whoa. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, I, if I, if, I mean, I, I've lost too much respect and too much, uh, you know, I've, I've lost, like, whatever chance I had at building a respectable ministry or whatever. Over over this stuff, <laughs> because I I see that in, in this trance like state I see the unconditional love of God. You know, I've see it like I was the one saying, "No, Lord, you can't give it to everyone for free." I mean, it, it couldn't have came to everyone for free because how come you see all this stuff that doesn't make any sense to me? So no, Lord, it can't. Your your grace can't be that scandalous. And in this trance-like <laughs> yeah. state, it's only when you're this drunk, dude, can this grace feel real to you. Otherwise, it over—it actually is too much for the mind to comprehend. Like that, everyone is perfect right now. That everyone's healed right now. Like you have a million questions. You're like everybody. Everybody's blissed out. You mean everybody's healed? Well, no. What, what about? But what about? But what about? But what about? But unless there's something out of your mind, drunk. That's why I like to say a lot of times at the beginning of a preach, like, hey, have a drink because you need, you're going to need to be out of your mind to believe what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> that everybody's perfect. That everybody's rich. Well, but, but Lord, but, but Lord, you don't know my bank account. He's like, have a drink. <laughs> and then what you call healing... I call revelation. You have a question? Pardon the humor, but basically Jesus gave Peter a roofie. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it sounds roofie. good. <laughs> roofie. I get it. Rufio. <laughs> Jesus gave Peter Pan a Rufio. I don't know what that means. Hashtag didn't see that coming. Hashtag they're sitting on at, at the table eating the invisible food. And he said, there you are, Peter. <laughs> they were... <sighs> the voice came to him a second time and said, what God has made clean, do not call unclean. He's like, 
The Lord doesn't rebuke him. He just says the exact same thing over again. <laughs> what did I say? Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, hey, everybody is healed. And he's like, but Lord, but, 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 but. And the Lord says, and everyone is healed. <laughs> and the Lord comes a second time and says, and everyone is healed. <laughs> I think, does he have to tell him a third time? I'm trying to remember if he tells him a third time. Let me go back in here. I think he can... Um, let's see. Yeah. Is it twice? Oh, no, 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 He says, it does say three times. It's a, wait, let's see. It says, uh, it says, uh, wait, let me see. He became very hungry, and he, and he, he became, oh my god, I can't read too good. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, wherein, wherein were... Uh, okay, and he, and he saw heaven open, and wherein were all manner of four-footed <laughs> beasts. And a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, Not so, Lord. So there he corrects the Lord. And the voice spake to him a second time, What well, God has cleansed, that call not common. And this was done thrice, and the vessel was received. So it wasn't uh, three thrice? times, it was actually thrice. Yeah. Thrice. Uh, <laughs> Through the rice. <laughs> The vessel was received up again. Now, in verse 17, Now, while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had should mean, behold, the men... So, even after the third time, Peter still wasn't... Yeah. It's like three times everything. It's like when you preach the gospel to like most people, they're like, about the third time, they're still like in unbelief. <laughs> like, no, what I said was, everyone is perfect. And then it says, now, while the whole church was doubting the gospel, uh, it says, behold, men who were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry and stood before the gate. And uh, Peter went down and to meet the men sent from Cornelius and said, I am Peter. Why, what is the cause wherefore ye are come? And they said, uh, the KJV really gets me drunk. Cornelius the centurion, a just man and one that feareth God and of good report among all the nation of the Jews was warned from God by a holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear the words of thee. Then he called them in and lodged them. And on the morrow Peter went away with them and certain brethren and then they came and then they went to the thing and then they all believed and the spirit fell. Anyway, the trance realm, you know... Uh, will ravish you for an unconditional love you know breaking down all Whoa. of these all of these mindsets where you're like well that's not right well they don't deserve that lord well it well they didn't do they didn't go to the three you know seminars like i did they can't just jump yeah. directly into this revelation without going through the man of god or well they didn't even read the book so they probably don't have the revelation you know they haven't come to our meetings or bought the CDs or downloaded my MP3s, and they never tithed into our ministry, and uh, they don't even like me. They've been speaking out against me, and you're still giving them the revelation. That's encouraging to know nobody believed the gospel. Yeah, it's always encouraging when no one believes the gospel. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, it's like 
It's like someone said, you know, Jesus went around teaching people for his entire earthly ministry and none of them believed in him. Yeah. Not, not long term. They said there were some times when people believed, but, you know, when Jesus rose from the dead, how many people were there to greet him? <laughs> nobody. There was nobody there. They came late. They did show up, you know, Mary showed up after a little bit. Mom. Mary's like, Moms are always good. Well, I think it was Mary Magdalene. Or was it? Yeah. Mary, or Mary Bethany, or I, I don't know, one of those Marys, yeah. It, it wasn't mommy, but it, you know they. They're, later on, like that day, they're thinking, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! I think, I think the guy we were following for years and years who'd been pointing to this very moment through his entire ministry. I think it was today. And then one of them shows up, and they're like, "Holy crap!" It was today. And they're like, yeah, right, woman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, woman. And they're like, oh, crap. I don't want to believe it. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter, Peter and John ran over there, but Thomas, and then Thomas didn't believe. And then, Peter had to go you know, the hole. So it's like, you know, you know. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the classic every man, you know what I mean? Yeah. Peter's just the every man, you know? Peter's like, it's like all of us. Like, we, 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 dude, I don't know about you, but I definitely didn't receive this message the first time. You know what I mean? Like, I thought it was an absolute scandal. I thought. Dude, this goes against everything we've been teaching for all these years. Like, this is too, like, if people believe this, people are going to start, like, not, you know, conforming to our pattern of the ways that we've taught things. It, if we teach this, dude. It'll oh stop preaching the gospel. This is, this is, it'll all fall away if we believe unconditional love, dude. If we really believe in unconditional love, man. So, so the Lord intoxicates you again and allows you to know by experience what unconditional love feels like, you know, and then ravishes you, ravishes you with an ecstasy, dude. Ravishes you, dude. Oh, the bliss. 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 Oh, uh, it is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory, but I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I can't tell, but God knows, such an one caught up to the third heaven, and I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body I cannot tell, God knows, how he was caught up into paradise and heard unspeakable words, dude. Of such a one, I will glory. Yet of myself, I will not glory. Oh, Jesus. But, but dude, where? Jesus, 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 Jesus. No! What's going on? 
I just want to tell you, dude, that, that this drunkenness, dude, it was the created state. It was the normal state. And for apostles, you know, this is where Paul is quoting his apostleship. He's like, I've, I've been caught oh up to paradise. Yeah. You, want, you want to know what an apostle's oh, like? Knows. Apostle is somebody oh, that gets snatched up to paradise. Yeah, you know, in, in uh, what is it, George oh. Parker Stevens, it says... I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord of which I was but a dependent passive instrument. Which is why Godfrey Bertel wrote his song Hijacked into Paradise. There's a there's a translation. I think it, yeah, it's the message of verse four. It says uh, it says uh, it says in verse four it says uh, Oh my god. This is hilarious. In this version, verse 4 has been deleted. <laughs> in the electronic Bible, like I've never seen this before. Verse 4 is missing in the message. In the, Probably some rabbis. It goes from verse 3, it goes from verse 3 to verse 5. Rabbits. <laughs> That's hilarious. They removed it. They removed the glory. It was too much glory for the translator. What the hell Anyway, it says... It says in the message of this, in the verse 2, it says, I knew a man 14 years ago who was seized by Christ and swept into ecstasy to the heights of heaven. I don't know if this took place in the body or out of it. Only God knows. Oh, here it is. Here is verse 3, though. It says, I, maybe, uh, who knows what was going on. I also know that this man was hijacked into paradise. Oh, my God. Whether in or out of the body, I don't know, but God knows there. He heard the unspeakable spoken. He heard the unspeakable spoken. Oh my God, dude. What? This is the place of true revelation. As we go forth ministering, guys, like, I just, you have full permission to always be absolutely intoxicated, hijacked into paradise because. There, the, what we're trying to communicate is the unspeakable. And, and, and the only place to hear the unspeakable spoken is when you're hijacked in the paradise. Oh my God. You know, to put in a word. There's all these guys that are trying to study Martin Luther and put Martin Luther and John Calvin and Karl Barth in a new language, and that's great and everything. But, but listen, if you haven't been hijacked into paradise, seized by Christ, swept into an ecstasy to the place where you're not even sure if your body's there, then all you're communicating is the speakable. But I want to communicate the unspeakable, the unsearchable riches of Christ. The the to be uh to be uh to be uh joy f- joy unspeakable and filled with glory, as it says in First yes, Peter chapter yes, one. Yes. Joy unspeakable, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> A lot of people are trying to like to 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 meet Jesus physically. That's cool and everything, right? But Jesus said it's better that I go away, right? Like all these guys are like, I can't wait to have a physical visitation with Jesus. I'm like, that's awesome and everything. But um, let me read you. And when Peter talks about his ecstasies, when Peter's talking about the normal things of the spirit, it says, um, "Though you have not seen him." You love Him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is unspeakable and filled with glory. Whoa! Because you obtained the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when He predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. 
Hallelujah. Joy inexpressible and filled with glory. 1 Peter 1 8. Let me read that in a few in translation. You shall rejoice with joy unspeakable, being glorified. Check that out. Yeah. That's the Darby, dude. Yeah. The good news. You rejoice with a great and glorious joy, which words cannot express. In the good speed, you rejoice with triumphant, unutterable joy. The Moffat New Testament, you will thrill with unspeakable and glorious joy. The literal says you exult with joy unspeakable and being glorified. Oh, the message says you never saw him, yet you love him. <laughs> you still don't see him, yet you trust him with laughter and singing. <laughs> the New Jerusalem says without seeing him, you believe in him and so are already filled with a joy so glorious that it cannot be described. The Rotterdam says, Whom not having seen you love, on whom, though at the present, not looking but believing, you exult with joy unspeakable and filled with glory. The Knox says, You never saw him, but you learned to love him. You may not see him even now, but you believe in him. And as you continue to believe in him, how you will triumph, how ineffable your joy will be. Ineffable. Ineffable. Uh, dude, I gotta look at it. Ineffable good. Ineffable good. Ineffable good, I'm telling you. Dude, I'm looking at the word ineffable right now. Ineffable. Ineffable means uh, uh, unspeakable, unutterable, that cannot that which cannot be expressed in words, usually in a good sense, as the ineffable joys of heaven, as the ineffable glories of the deity. Jesus. Dude. Him you love, though your eyes have never looked on him. In him at present you cannot see him. Nevertheless you trust and triumph which is with the joy which is unspeakable and is crowned with glory. Uh, whom having not seen you love, in whom now not seeing and believing you are glad with joy unspeakable and glorified. So like, I mean the point, the point of this dude saying that uh, people are like, why do you make those noises? You know, because we're communicating something that's some unspeakable. We're communicating something that got about in a language. I mean, a lot of tongues are just such ecstasy. It's like noises of ecstasy. They're not. They're, they're like, well, that, is that a language? I'm like, is it a language? Are you speaking a language when you're like making love to your spouse? You know what I mean? <laughs> 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 <laughs>